I am Carrie Nichols, and this is The 10-Minute Therapist, Episode 5, Anxiety. This podcast delivers tips, tools, and resources to improve your mental health in daily, manageable doses. My name is Carrie Nichols, and I am The 10-Minute Therapist. Okay, guys, we're live with one of my very th- favorite things to talk about, and that is anxiety. Um... So I'm going to cover a few things tonight. I want to cover what is the difference between worry and anxiety. How do you know that you're actually experiencing anxiety and not just typical worry? And where does that anxiety come from? Um, Kind of what causes it? Why are we experiencing this? And then I'm going to give you as many um, tools to cope with that anxiety as I possibly can in the 10 minute time that I've got. So first, um, worry. Everybody worries from time to time. It's very future focused. Uh, It's kind of the what if syndrome, like what if this and this and this happens. But you know that it's anxiety if it's getting out of hand, if it's severe, if it's persistent, If it's becoming debilitating, like if it's getting in the way of your functioning, um, especially if you're avoiding things that cause anxiety, like maybe you're avoiding certain situations or certain things that um, trigger that anxiety within you, that is a good indicator that it's anxiety. Also, worry tends to be more up in the up up in the mind, but anxiety kind of floods your entire body. Um, you'll experience things like the, the heart racing or the pit in your stomach or the tension in your shoulders. Everyone experiences anxiety a little differently, but there are some, you know, some basic things that you might look for. Um, as far as why, where does this come from? Well, it's actually an adaptive response, so that's a good thing. We can think our bodies, but in your brain, there is an almond-shaped thing called the amygdala, and that's kind of our fear center, our fear response. And its job is to tell you if you're okay or if you're not okay at any given moment. So it's kind of the thing that sends the warning signal to your body if there's a danger. And that used to be great a long time ago when we were getting chased by bears and things like that, and you needed to respond quickly and you needed to not like think about it. But it, um, the problem with the amygdala is it doesn't differentiate between real fear like a bear and um like physical danger like that or emotional danger like if you know someone walked into a room and they'd been talking about you and you were worried about what they would think about you or say about you something like that it's also it doesn't differentiate between real versus perceived fear so even if the even if the fear that you're having is just a perceived imagined like something that might happen it triggers your body's anxiety response. It triggers that fight or flight or freeze system within you and you respond as if there's literally like a bear in the room with you. And that's when it becomes problematic. And, you know, like we're grateful for our body's adaptive mechanism to protect us, but we have to realize that sometimes it can hurt us instead of helping us. So, Um, that's basics. Now I want to save the vast majority of my time for ways that you can cope if you do have anxiety and some resources for you. So there are a couple of things that I would say. Um, first, there are two big ways that in therapy that we're going to address this as far as like evidence-based practices go. And one is at CBT, Cognitive Behavioral Therapy. That's about changing your thoughts to change your feelings. So it's the idea that, um, it's my it's my anxious thought that's causing my anxious feeling and if i can change that thought if i can work through that i can hopefully reduce my anxiety so for example maybe 
you are uh, walking down the road and someone looks at you funny and you're very put off by that. You're like, oh, what did, like, what did I do? What are they thinking about me? I'm so anxious right now. Like maybe people don't like me. If you have that thought, you're going to feel some anxiety. But say you're walking with a friend and that person gives you the same look and your friend's like, oh, did you know that her mom just died? And you're like, oh, I'm like my thought now is I feel so bad for her. I can't believe that her mom just died. And you you feel not anxiety, but maybe some empathy for that person. And then... Um, and then those feelings that we have, they change our behaviors. Like whereas when we feel anxious, we might withdraw or avoid. When we feel sympathy, maybe or empathy, we'll connect and we'll reach out to somebody, if that makes sense. So one of the ways to utilize CBT for yourself is to just simply take a piece of paper out. I want you to draw a line in the middle. And on the left-hand side of the paper, I want you to write that anxious thought, that thing that's that's um, upsetting you, like... Uh, you know, what if, what if such, such and such happens or what if, you know, people don't like me or whatever. And then on the right hand side of the paper, I want you to combat that anxious thought with something that's a little bit more neutral or more positive or more realistic or however you want to, however you want to say that. And I want you to, if you're having a hard time coming up with something, maybe reach out to a friend or a family member who can reality check with you so that they can kind of combat some of those anxious thoughts as well. Um, one of the other things that I will say, um, in addition to, so there's CBT, but then the other way of kind of interacting with our thoughts is mindfulness. And to me, mindfulness, two, th you know, well, three things. Number one, it's a, a focus on our, it's an awareness of our thoughts, our feelings, and our physical sensations. Two, it's an emphasis in the present moment. And I would say three it's not about where CBT is about trying to change our thoughts. Mindfulness is just about noticing our thoughts. It's kind of just allowing them to be and getting curious about why they are there in the first place. So that's kind of the big difference between CBT and mindfulness. I love using both, but I think I lean a little bit more towards mindfulness because there's so much you can do with it. So as far as like mindfulness exercises go, you could... Um, Again, back to this like being in the present moment thing, you could do something like a grounding exercise, which would reconnect you with your environment. So anxiety, you're up here, you're in your head, you're stuck up here. I don't know if you've ever had this experience where you've been so anxious that it's like the world around you disappears. You're no longer in a room, you can't hear sounds, everything is gone and you can just hear your anxious thoughts. So a grounding exercise would reconnect you with your environment. So you'd look around, you'd say, what can I see? What can I feel? What can I taste? What can I touch? And what can I hear? You're reconnecting in the present moment using your physical body. Gets you out of your head and back in the room. Um, that's a very simple grounding exercise and I love that it's very portable. All of my tools that I give to people who struggle with anxiety are highly portable because I want you to be able to take them anywhere because you might get anxious in your car or in the bathroom or at school or at work or at church, wherever you are, and you need to be able to work with it there. So I'm going to give you portable things. Another very simple exercise, um, this is more of like a deep relaxation exercise, is um, just a, a, a breathing exercise, a basic breathing exercise. Because again, anxiety heightens that nervous system, right? It activates the nervous system response. So in order to suppress that, 
and decrease your <laughs> nervous system response, you're going to want to do breathing exercises. Um, so one simple one that I like to do is inhale in for four counts, hold it for four counts, and exhale out for four counts. And if you want to take that a step further, I actually visualize a triangle as I'm going in, two, three, four, hold, two, three, four, out, two, three, four. Really like visualize that and use it as kind of a calming mechanism. So those are, that's a, again, just a very simple breathing exercise. Um, a lot of people when they are feeling anxious, they will like stop breathing, hold their breath or really breathe it shallow and they don't realize that it's affecting their body. So you can fight back against that with your body. Um, let's see, another one that I like to, to, to do is just um, kind of have like a mantra like, Again, like I said, the amygdala is perceiving this fear, right? So I want you to say, okay, thanks amygdala. <laughs> you thought that I was in, in danger. You got it wrong this time. I appreciate your efforts, but I'm safe. I'm here right now and I'm in a safe space. And just keep saying that, I'm safe. I'm not in danger. I'm okay. Everything's all right. And kind of soothe yourself back down using those words because the reality is you probably are safe right now. Um, unless you're not, and then it's okay to run. <laughs> but if you're safe, go ahead and use these tools. Um, I would say one other thing that you could do, uh, I got this from another therapist who got this from another therapist, so this is not on me. I'm not going to take credit for it. But they will actually, remember how I said that the amygdala is this like little almond-shaped thing. So it's actually, if you look at it, go Google image it, the amygdala. It's teeny tiny. It's this little, little part of your brain. So this therapist will actually carry uh an almond around and it reminds her like this is how big the fear center in my brain is like I can overcome this like I am bigger than my anxiety and I think that's kind of a powerful tool um I think we are out of time so last one I'm gonna say please exercise regularly research has shown that that exercise at least I would say at least 20 minutes a day four days a week and if you can do that it really can like decrease your um your anxiety, it's kind of a more preventative approach. And they've, they've shown that on MRIs, people who do eight weeks of consistent mindfulness exercises, their amygdala actually physically shrinks. So that's good because the bigger it is, the more active it is, the stronger it is. So mindfulness, really helpful. Exercise, really helpful. All of those are research-based. Um, again, reach out to me if you have any questions. Thanks for listening to The 10-Minute Therapist. If you found today's episode helpful, please subscribe, leave a review, and share this podcast with a friend. And don't forget, you can always reach out to me on Instagram with ideas for upcoming topics. Until next time.